Welcome to the Just for Special Education Teachers podcast, the place to be if you just want to connect with other special educators, if you want to gain insights and strategies, or obtain resources to help you in your journey as you grow as a special educator. Hello, special education teachers out there. I hope that your school year is getting off to a great start. And I just want to share a few words of encouragement because I know this time of year, especially for new teachers, is this is the month where many teachers think that they aren't going to make it. And what were they thinking getting into this industry? October tends to be one of the longer months in teaching because you're new and you're learning so many new things. And it's just a long month because this is the one month where there really is no holiday during this month. So I just want to let you know, we've all been there and it will get better. So just we need we have what, one more week in October, then we will be in the month of November. You should have a great break coming up. Then December, we have another break coming up. And so things will start to get better. Once we come back from the winter break, generally things are downhill from there. You've got your groove going, you've established a routine and you're feeling good about yourself. So just make it through the rest of October and you will be just fine. All right. Well, uh, things got a little bit busy for me also in October. And so I did miss a few podcasts, but I am back and hopefully, you know, it won't happen again. Uh, But in any case, I'm going to try to make up for the podcast, the weeks that I did miss. So I will, you'll probably get a few podcasts this week so that I can kind of get caught up. But I do apologize for that. But you know what? Things get crazy even for the veterans. Well, I've been seeing a lot of downloads for the episodes that focus on behavior. So I thought to include, there's so much to talk about when we're talking about behavior. So I decided that I would include a few more episodes on behavior. Now, the next two that we're going to focus on, what I want to call a strategic intervention series is going to be, this episode will be about group reward systems or your class reward systems. And then the next episode is going to be about individual reward systems. So here we go. When we talk about a group reward system, I'm talking about a class reward system because, you know, as you know, a group reward system can also be considered a school-wide type of intervention. But I'm going to focus more on your class group reward systems during this episode. Now, a class-wide reward system is still considered a tier one system because it applies to everyone in the class. So it's not something that you need permission from your families in order to implement. Now, a class reward system or a group reward system provides a group of students with a motivating reward following an agreed upon predetermined behavior. So what is it that you're seeing in your classroom that you want to improve? It could be 
some type of behavior that you want to improve. It could also be some type of a skill. It can be it can be that you want to see academics improve. Now, sometimes when we focus on improving certain behaviors in the classroom, then the academics automatically improve, right? Because you're getting more instruction time. You're getting, you're having less distractions in your classroom. So it's something that you really want to think about because when you come up with a group reward system, the first thing you need to think about is what is it that I want to improve in my classroom? Because you don't want to focus on too many things in the beginning. I would say probably not more than three target behaviors. I don't think that you should focus on more than three, especially in the beginning when you're coming up with a class reward system. So what are those three things that you want to improve the most? Is that, are you seeing a lot of incomplete assignments where you want to come up with a class reward systems regarding completing assignments? Um, Are you seeing failing grades? poor attention and focus? Are you trying to curb an unwanted behavior? For example, excessive talking, getting out of your seat of your seat constantly. What is it that you're trying to improve? So that's one of the things we're we're going to talk about and you need to think about when you're coming up with a group reward system. Now your classroom reward systems are often provided for when we're talking about a classroom procedure or rule or routine that we want to see improved in the classroom. Again, we can you can also use it for improving academics, but for the most part, most teachers use them for improving rules that they're not seeing being followed in the classroom, procedures that they're not seeing turning in your turning your papers in a particular place, raising your hand when you have a question or routines, lining up silently, um, face forward, hands to your side when you're going to transition to lunch, something like that. So those are the types of things that we are generally going to implement a classroom reward system for. Now, the classroom reward system is it's more of a positive behavior intervention or support. So we're kind of getting away from the punishing students uh, types of consequences like refusing, uh, maybe taking away recess and things of that sort. A lot of the research is showing that punishments aren't curbing the unwanted behavior um, as we would expect, especially when we talk about taking away recess from a student. So the new school of thought is that we want more positive behavior interventions or supports. And so your classroom reward system certainly falls within that category, right? Because it gives our students a positive response for an appropriate behavior, for that behavior that we want to see, for that target behavior that we want to see. Now, a group reward system may be a, can be a year-long intervention, Uh, When I've used them in my classroom, and I'll talk a little bit more about those, generally we use them for the whole year. I put a system in place and we, that system was used throughout the whole school year. Now, what did change was maybe the reward or maybe, or or the the frequency of the reward. We're in the beginning when I was first rolling out the reward system, I, I rewarded more frequently than I did 
But when they started to get the hang of things, then I would fade it out. Not the total reward system, but I would fade the frequency that they would get the reward or I would change the target behavior, okay? So let's say for example, in the beginning, I wanted to focus on raising your hand rather than calling out the answer and getting up out of your seat. So let's say in the beginning, those were the two things that I wanted to focus on. And when I saw that they mastered that, then maybe I would, then I would focus on another target behavior. So although the reward system lasted the whole year long, we weren't always focusing on the same target behavior that will change it should change throughout your school year right if it's a reward system that works then it should change you shouldn't have to focus on the same target behavior for the whole school year they should it should start to become sec- second nature and automatic soon and then you should be able to move on to your next target behavior and that's when you can start talking about maybe academics and things of that sort now now when i see when the classroom receives 90% mastery and this academic skill, whatever it is, solving linear equations, then we're gonna get a reward. Or when the class, 90% of the class masters your multiplication facts, then we're gonna get a reward. Or once the class reads 1 million words, then you'll get a reward. So, so much flexibility when we're talking about reward systems and some of the things that I've done and some of the things that I've seen teachers do um, so many, many options that you will have. So it will just depend on what you want to focus on in your classroom. Now, as I mentioned before, after they've mastered that target behavior, uh, then you can focus on a different target behavior. Wait, some examples of group reward systems that I've, I'll talk about some that I've seen and I'll talk about some that I've implemented myself. Table points is a an example table point. So rather than, and I guess this would depend on how your classroom is set up. Do your students have individual desks or are they in clusters? Generally when you, for table points, you would need to be sort of like in clusters. And your, each table, you have four or five tables, then the students, if the whole table is exhibiting the desired behavior, whatever that is, hands folded on top of your desk, that's one that's common for for kindergarten classes. If you see that, then that table would earn points. Once the table earns a specific amount of points, then that table would get whatever that reward is. Okay. Class dollars is another one. Class dollars is something that I believe is more popular in your upper grades, especially in your high school, where if you see that target behavior, that exhibited be- the behavior that you want to see, then the st- a student would get, or the class would get, um, earn class dollars, right? That's another um, group reward. It, it could also be Now, this is making it a little bit more complicated, but you can have a class reward system where individuals earn the class dollars, but the whole class participates in whatever the reward is. And those students that have more points, let's say, for example, more dollars, if there is a class, a class store, well, then they would 
just be able to purchase more things from the class store, but everyone is participating, right? Everyone is able to participate. So that is also considered um, a class reward. Marble jar is another one, right? And that's one that's one that's popular in, I would say, in, in all grade levels. So in your high school, if you are seeing an exhibited behavior, then you put a marble into the jar. When the marble is full, you get a popcorn party, you get a pizza party, you get 10 minutes of free time at the end of class, whatever it is that um, uh, that incentive is going to be, they earn it when they fill the jar. Ticket systems is another one. I sort of used, I can't remember when I taught high school, I used something similar to a ticket system, but I don't think it was actually tickets. Um, there, maybe they were class dollars. I'm sort of forget. It's been, it's been a while um, since I've done that type of reward system in a high school, but it was certainly that something that I certainly utilized earlier um, in my career when I was a high school teacher. And so the students would earn these, let's say they were, they were tickets, although I think they may have been dollars. The student earns a ticket and they accumulate these tickets throughout the day, throughout uh, the week. Uh, for my class at that time, it was throughout the day. And then they could purchase snacks with the points. So we had student, we had snacks that we got, you know, from Costco, your Capri Suns, your fruit snacks. Um, um, at, at that time, my students loved Top Ramen, so we had Top Ramen that they could buy. And so they would purchase the snacks with their food, with their with their tickets. They would purchase the snacks with their tickets or dollars, whatever it was. Now, when I taught kindergarten, we used, instead of tickets, we used popsicle sticks. And this worked very well. This worked like a charm. And the reason that I used popsicle sticks was because they were easy to carry around. Carry around. I would just put a couple in my pocket. And if I saw a student exhibiting the behavior that I wanted to see, I would just hand them a popsicle stick. If they're coming back from recess, they aren't in line on time. Those that are in line on time, they're getting a stick. If they're in line and they're standing face forward, hands down to your side, I would say, I see Michael standing in proper form in a straight line. He's got his hands down to his side. He's looking forward. His eyes are on me. Great job, Michael. He gets a popsicle stick. And then what? All of the other students would fall in line all the, because all of the other students wanted a popsicle stick. And so they would do the same thing. And um, then I would give each student that exhibited that behavior, standing in line, the proper form would get a popsicle stick. So it was very easy for me to use that throughout the day, just have popsicle sticks in my pocket and I could give them out uh, whenever I saw the student exhibiting a behavior that I wanted to see. And what I also liked about popsicle sticks for the kindergartners was that I also helped them with their counting because they loved to count how many sticks that they had. And sometimes they earned a number of sticks where there were so many um, in the, the beginning of the school year that they couldn't count that high. And so they learned how to count that high because they were so eager and excited to be able to count how many popsicle sticks they earned. 
So very effective for your lower grades. Just some ideas to get you thinking. Once I, I talk about the various types of reward systems that there are, then we'll talk about how you implement the reward systems and the, the tools, the resources you need to implement your reward system. Another example of a reward system is the it called the warm warm fuzzies that I've not used this one but I have um, heard it spoken of and it sounds it sounded like one that seems pretty interesting. So what you do is you create a small grid of ten squares on a sheet of paper and then a square is stamped when the class is exhibiting whatever it is that behavior that you want to see exhibited so they would get one and then so when all of the grids are stamped in then the class earns the reward whatever that reward is now another one is called zero hero now I've used this I I didn't call it zero hero but I've used it and I'll talk a little bit about how I modified it when I used it but here's how I've heard that it works so it's basically a challenge between the teacher and the students. So this is one that might be good to be used during transition time. So it can be used when a class is transitioning from the classroom to the cafeteria or transitioning from lunch back into the classroom, transitioning from math to English, etc. Right? The list goes on and on with the different ways that you can use this. And you count down. So you're counting down from whatever. Maybe you want to start counting from 10. So once you get to zero and all students are exhibiting the the desired behavior, then the class gets the points. If not, the teacher gets the points. Now I use a, I did this, but I created a slight variation, which is something that you will be able to do as well, right? If you see a reward system that looks interesting to you, you're like, I like it, but except I might want to change this part. Well, you know what? It's your classroom. Make it unique. Make it yours. So I did use a countdown in my class. However, if they met the countdown, let's say we get to zero and the stu- all of the students are exhibiting the desired behavior. Well, I would still then, I would give them sticks for their behavior or I would give them, or I could give the whole class points, but I didn't give myself points. So that is a way that I changed it a little bit. And so here's kind of what I did. So instead of myself counting down to zero, because as a teacher, I tried to preserve my voice. So if there were things that I could do without talking, then I would, that's what I'm going to strive to do. So what I did was I played music. So for example, if it's the students are doing playtime and they need a little bit more time to clean up the mess, right? So maybe I would put a song on for two minutes. I put on a song for two minutes. Once the song goes off, the students would have to be in their seat. So they would know they've got two minutes. Once the music stops, you need to be in your seat. So they really enjoyed this because they got to hear music. Uh, We played all different kinds of music, music that they liked, music that I liked. Um, So the students were also exposed to different genres of uh, music and they really had a lot of fun with this and so when the song goes off 
you have to be in your designated spot, wherever that spot is. So if it's playtime, once we finish playtime, then we would do carpet time. So you're cleaning up your mess. You've got whatever, two minutes to finish cleaning up. By the time when the song goes off, then you need to be in your square on the carpet. So we use this very often during transitions, mostly during transitions. So transitions from playtime to carpet time, station time to carpet time, carpet time to the line for lunch, we used this. So that's how I slightly changed the zero hero. For me, we I implemented music and I didn't give myself points, but the students were able to earn uh, points or sticks when they exhibited the behavior that I wanted to see. They were exhibiting it by the time the, the countdown or the music went off or got went down to zero. So that was my variation of zero hero. Spell it out is another group reward system that could be used. And what this is, is you choose a word. Okay. And when the desired behavior is reached a certain number of times, the word is spelled out and the class earns a point. Once they reach a certain number of points, then they get a reward, whatever that reward might be. Free drawing time, a an educational YouTube video, uh, blowing bubbles at dismissal or just before, right after we come back from lunch or something like that, or just before lunch, something like that. So say, for example, I want my students to, I want, this is for my kindergarten, kindergarten class, ears listening, ears listening when you're on the carpet at carpet time. So then every day at carpet time or group instruction time or whatever, if their ears are listening, then they get a letter. Okay. So the first letter would be E. And then once the whole word is spelled out, the words ears listening, then they would earn the blowing bubbles. Now this can be modified, right? If you want to reward them faster then, and you want them to spell out the word every day, uh, or if you want them to demonstrate that more often than every day at carpet time and every day at station time and every day during direct instruction time and independent instruction time and guided instruction time, then they could earn another letter, right? And so maybe they would earn a letter every 10 or 15 minutes. So you would just have to figure it out mathematically so that they have the potential to spell the word by the end of every day. So if you want them to be able to get a reward every day and the phrase is ears listening, then how often are you going to have to allow them to earn a letter in order to be able to spell ears listening by the end of the day? So the key for rewards is the key is in order for it to be successful is, is the balance for the group rewards, right? So we don't want to make it too hard in the beginning so that it's too difficult for the students to earn the reward in the beginning, right? We want to elicit their investment in the class reward. Let's let them, you know, make it a little simpler in the beginning. And then, you know, once they understand how it works and they've, they're, they've earned a few points or whatever it is, um, you know, then you can make it a little bit more challenging as time goes on, but let them, uh, just to elicit their, that, that buy-in and that investment the first time around, you want to make sure that they're going to earn the reward, right? So you want to give the interventions time to work. 
you want to try them for at least four to six weeks. If you don't see any progress with certain students, then it may be time to change the reward or, or move on to a different intervention. And if you're seeing success with, say, 80% of the class, but that 20% is not quite working for, well, that's when you may want to then talk about a tier two intervention. We're going to talk about a tier two in individual reward systems in the next episode. So it does require a little detective work and you need to make some slight adjustments or modifications to the word systems, you know, uh, give them the word reward a little bit more often. If one week is too long, then you might need to change your reward to something that's a, or you might need to change it to something that's a little more motivating. But again, it does require a little bit of, uh, of detective work. So let's talk about how, what do we do? What are our first steps that we need to do in order to implement a group reward system? The first thing that you want to do when implementing your reward system is first pick the reward system that you want to use. We talked about several different options and you can take the idea of one and you can modify it and adjust it to make it your own. But first, pick the reward system that you want to use. Next, you want to clearly define the replacement behavior. So that target behavior, clearly define what you want to see. And you want to make sure that you're not wording it in the form of what you don't want them to do, like no talking, no successive talking. We don't want to word it like that. So what do you, what do you want to, what do you want to see? Talking when you're called on. Talk after you raise your hand and you're given permission. What do you want to see? Okay. That's the second thing. Clearly define the replacement behavior. This part should be very clear because you're going to need to teach that replacement behavior. Next, identify the reward. What is the reward going to be? And I think it's a great idea to get student input when you're talking about thinking about the type of reward that you want to have. You can, you can do a class survey, a student interest form, but you certainly want to get their feedback because I think if you choose something that the class agrees upon or something that they really want to earn, then they're going to be more motivated to invest in the class reward system. Next, you're going to set an achievement goal. What is that? 80% of the time you're going to see the replacement behavior. And then after that, what are you going to do? Fade it out, uh, identify a new target behavior, but what goal do is it that you want to reach? And so by doing this, you're going to probably, I think it's a good idea to get a baseline. What does the behavior look like before implementation? How often are you seeing it? And then how often do you want to see it after? What is acceptable? Maybe you're striving for 90 if you're only seeing the the behavior right now in your classroom 30% of the time. 90s would be great, right? How would you collect this data? Well, okay, so let's say before you implement the reward system, the students got out of their seat 10 times a class period, okay? So then you're going to monitor that after you implement the reward system, how many times are students getting out of their seat per class period? Is it one time, two time? If so, that's a huge improvement, right? And that shows that the behavior, your reward systems is a success. And so you would want to continue on with it. 
If it's not, you're taking the baseline, you're taking data, you've got your baseline data, and then you're taking data after and you're seeing, I'm not seeing any changes here, then that's a sign that there needs to be some modifications or some adjustments. So that's why it's important to take the data. Then you're going to teach the students the replacement behavior. How are you going to do this? You're going to practice. You're going to role play. So when you roll out this new system and you say, this is the behavior that I want to see, and then you're going to practice it and you're going to say, okay, so now we're raising our hand before we call out an answer. And so you practice that. And then maybe you have a student that just calls out the answer and you say, would this earn a point? Would this earn the reward? And the answer would be no. And then you have another student do it and you practice it. And then the student does exemplify the desired behavior. And then you say, would this earn the reward or the point? And then you would say yes. And so <laughs> you can be creative, but so you want to teach the students the be the replacement behavior and make sure they understand what it is that you're expecting of them, what the expectations are, right? Not fair to hold students responsible for a behavior if it's not clear what it is that you want to see. Sometimes we we know what it is we don't want to see, but, but have we explained to them clearly what it is we do want to see and do they have the skill to do it? All right. And then Determine how you will track the behavior to see it's, if it's improving. And so we sort of talked about that. How are you going to track it? That can be really simple where you can just have it. Sometimes it's hard to track behavior in the middle of class. So this was also something you can't stop and go to your uh, Google Doc and type in that student raised their hand, right? So this is where you might need to be creative. And this is Another reason why when I use the popsicle sticks, that was that came in handy very well, because I would put a popsicle stick in my pocket. You could have popsicle sticks on one side of your pocket and then you can have them uh, left side of your pocket, right side of your pocket. When you see the student exhibit the behavior, then you can put it in your right pocket. That can be a way of tracking. And then what you can do after the class is see how many you have in your right pocket at the end of the class period. And you can put that in your Google Doc. Or you could do, or you could do it the exact opposite way. Each time a student doesn't follow the rule, then you put one in your pocket. And so at the end of the period, if you have three, then you're like, okay, so there were three times this period where the students didn't exhibit the target behavior. And then you'll be able to determine whether that is getting better or whether it's getting worse. And then let's see, the next day, maybe you'll only have two popsicle sticks in your pocket. And the next day, maybe you'll only have one. So that's one way that you can track it. Popsicle sticks, pennies, paper clips. You know, you can, there, there are so many different ways that you can track it. But the key is making it doable for you. So what is something that you can do or something that you can handle when you, you don't, you're not going to have a lot of time to just stop and, uh, and record it, stop and log it, right? Because that can create distractions as well. So hopefully you got something out of this episode. I would love to hear about the class reward systems that you've implemented in your classroom 
you can email me at Anzella Jones at allthingsped.com. I would love to hear about it. Do you have any questions or comments that you would like to add to this discussion? If so, head on over to our Facebook page where we welcome your comments. Thanks for listening to the Just for Special Education Teachers podcast, and I hope to see you here at the same time next week.